to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I interview amazing women and amplify their voices for you, listeners, because I have had the privilege of meeting some inspiring, fantastic women who are bringing tremendous light to the world. Today, we have Aussie Lizzie Moult. She lives in Scotland, in the Highlands right now. She's a confidence coach, a cognitive behavioral therapist and writer who illuminates the energetic dance between our minds and bodies and what it takes to trust ourselves fully. She aims to wake up people's feelings, to get them in touch with the boundaries they need to draw. Lizzie is an Australian country gal who broke the rules and dedicated her life to the journey of self-exploration. She is an expressive, down-to-earth soul who leads with heart and seeks to expand minds. After healing her own stories, beliefs, and patterns that kept her feeling small, stuck, and prioritizing everyone else, Lizzie is now a radiant and humbling example of, of how you can turn your story around and do life your own way. Her mission is to empower people to connect with their own truth and trust their gut to be able to confidently express themselves fully and freely encouraging them to go for the life they desire without self-doubt, hesitation, or seeking approval. Lizzie is passionate about sharing her wild adventures to inspire others to speak their truth and think bigger. You can check out the show notes to find out how to follow her and how to get in touch with her. It's lizziemolt, M-O-U-L-T dot com. But we will remind you of those links at the end of the show. Welcome, Lizzie. Hi, Maria. So good to be here with you today. I am so thankful that you have joined us from across the pond to share your experience, strength, and hope with our listeners. So I know your story, some of it, but if could you tell our listeners, how did you break through conformity and decide to become a confidence coach, a cognitive behavioral therapist and writer? What happened to spur you on to the, this next expansive level? <laughs> I love how you call it an expansive level. I feel like we're always expanding and expanding beyond yes. um, who we really think we are. It's, it's quite remarkable. But I guess my journey, you know, started a few years back when I was putting together an event. It was for 100 women. I was creating this barefoot business um, self-development conference and was all going to plan, just about to launch. And we had the devastation of Australian bushfires. It wiped out Ooh. over 1 million hectares of fire, um, of, sorry, bushland in Australia down the East Coast. And I was trying to sell tickets. And at the time, I'd actually called my event wildfire. It wasn't working at all. So I was like, oh, shit, you know, rebrand, restructure. Like, what can I do to, like, rectify this situation? So I gave it a break, came back two, three weeks later, relaunched to sell tickets. It flooded. 
Oh, dear. the whole east coast of Australia flooded. Like, oh my in, like gosh. the major areas. And I was like, what's going on, universe? Like, what's happening? So then I was like, okay, round three, let's go again. You know, press releases are about to go out and do all the things. And the day that we sent out the press releases to all major media in Australia was the day COVID was announced. Wow. And I was like, okay, I have literally been defeated. However, that week I discovered whilst putting this event together for two days <laughs> and all these speakers that I was managing and looking after and, you know, making sure they had all their things, I put the timetable together. And you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to put space in there for me to talk. Wow. To share my message. And what hurt the most was when I realized that I had done that to myself. I was like, what have I done? Like I created this event to showcase my knowledge, my expertise, you know, but yet I was showcasing others. Yes. And that was the moment that I realized, okay, I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for everyone else. And that, you know, like my business fell apart thanks to COVID, you know, we didn't have events for such a long time. So mm -hmm. I had three weeks of bumbling mess on my couch. Full <laughs> <laughs> <All> surrender. <laughs> mm, that's it what it takes sometimes. Full <laughs> yes. surrender to let that process, um, you know, do its thing. And I started journaling and writing down what was happening. And I realized, oh, my goodness, I'd been people pleasing. I was doing all these things for everyone else and had lost who I was. Mm. And so from that, I started exploring this whole need to please. Like, why was I doing it? Where did it stem from? You know, like, how did this even begin for me? You know, like, I went on this big journey of like, okay, so if I was people pleasing, where did it come from? And, you know, I discovered that. And then I discovered my habits and behaviors. And I realized I wasn't the only person in the world who was a people pleaser. I wasn't the only person in the world who was seeking approval and validation and apologizing and all these things. And I was like, oh, my God, there's something in this. There's something mm. in here that lit my fire that I'm like, I have to share this. And that's kind of where it began for me. Like, so self-exploration first. And then I went on to study um, positive psychology and cognitive behavioral therapy so I can support more people. So I was working as a business coach prior. Mm -hmm. But then I moved kind of, well, I still do business coaching. It's a lot of mindset, a lot of energy stuff. But at the same time now, it's more infused about behaviors and patterns and, you know, looking how we create these like our normals yes. as opposed to like, well, what's our possibilities? Oh, I love that. And Lizzie is two decades younger than I am. And we have spoken about how gratifying it is for me to see younger people get it earlier in life and spread their messages and their light with the world. And I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. I too am a recovering people pleaser, but I didn't figure that out till I was 50. So thank you, Lizzie, for bringing this to the world. There are so many people in the world who are just uh, shackled with the need to people please. And you are spreading your message now on several continents about how to release the burden 
of people pleasing. And I love how your website says, it's time to release your freaking magic, ditch the BS <laughs> excuses and prioritize you. So that is, it's just fabulous. So some of the, I'm sure you've heard many excuses from your clients, but what are some of the excuses your clients bring to you as reasons why they can't and they stay stuck? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, I've heard so many. It's it's really interesting because, you know, there's this whole persona, you know, people pleasing, like, you know, it's just, you know, you just need to say no, right? Like, yes, <laughs> it's not, it's like a real deep, like, level of um, understanding in it. So usually, like, I'm trying to think of like an excuse. I don't have time. Right, right. Time, time. Time is a big one. Like we all struggle with time. So like um, I don't like to say no. I don't like hurting people's feelings. Yes. I don't want to upset them, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't want to be left out is a big one. Yes. Um, they want to like, what else is a good excuse? I don't want to hurt others. They don't like conflict. So they often, the excuses is like, yeah, like it's not necessarily them hurting someone. It's also them getting hurt. Right. Right. You know, I'm scared. I, you know, like that's a really big one. Um, so I imagine a lot of your work is helping people create healthy boundaries. A lot of it is boundaries and the way like your patterns like the way you behave and respond so instead mm -hmm. of reacting it's learning to respond right um, because with behaviors not behavior sorry boundaries it's like when you don't have them you're constantly like you're on edge you're like it's almost like we're running on anxiety yes yes um, like there's worry and like we just go 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 like we're just people <laughs> oh that time, is ex sorry. exactly how I lived my life before 50 exactly yes so you're like hyperactive so once mm -hmm. like there's boundaries but then it's learning to respond so when you like have those boundaries and that response at least you can then have like ah oh, I can finally communicate what I need to say in like right. a nice calm manner as opposed to like Yes, I can do that. Yes, sure. Absolutely. I'll pick you up at eight. Yep. I'll cook the thing as well. Don't worry, everyone. Everyone's good, right? Everyone is yes. in the wine, you know, like whatever it is. Like exactly managing all these things. Mm -hmm. That is, ex I can, re that resonates with me so much. And in my 12 step programs, I have learned that no can be a complete sentence. Yes. I didn't know that. Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I typically will say, no, I have another, I have a, another obligation. And I don't give an explanation about what that conflict is because that obligation can simply be to recharge and relax because I need downtime now. I yeah. absolutely need downtime. And I wasn't allowing myself to have any downtime because I was all, I was like a duck on the water. I looked like I was skimming along very calmly, but underneath I was paddling so fast because I needed to please everybody. The word should, you know, I, uh, I should have said that. That's pretty much like, oh, but I should. Um, I should do this. 
Yes. I need to do this. That's, yes. That's what I hear a lot mm-hmm. because they think they have, we, we all, we all do it. Like, you know, myself included, we all have expectations, right? Yes. Um, but the people pleasers problem is that our expectations aren't necessarily of our, like they're not ours. Yes. They're of others. Right. And society does us a disservice, I think, especially as women, that we are conditioned to be people pleasers to a certain extent. And I love how your website has the people pleaser personality quiz. It's brilliant, (laughs) brilliant. So listeners, if you aren't sure if you, your life is governed by being a people pleaser, take this quiz. It, it will probably be illuminating to you as it was to me. Yes. I, yeah, it's <laughs> brilliant. Did you do it? I'd love to know what you got. <laughs> well, let's talk offline about that because <laughs> all the secrets. <laughs> well, my book, 50 after 50, reframing the next chapter of your life contains a lot of self-revelation and I counsel people to stop shooting all over themselves just like you do and it's progress not perfection for all of us isn't it you know sometimes in my life I have excellent boundaries and then other times I fall back into a valley and I forgive myself for that and try to incorporate the lessons I have learned. I journal all the time, as I know you do, Lizzie, and you encourage your clients to. And I reflect on where I am each day. Each day gives us another opportunity to be a better version of ourselves. And I would encourage all of you to go online at lizziemolt.com and take a look at her offerings. It, I love I love your humor too. There are links that say things like "No more, more on the crying ugly mess, please." I love that. Lizzie has great compassion. She knows how we're feeling. She's someone who walks the walk and can show you the way to drop the guilt and stop apologizing. We haven't done anything wrong, and I love I love 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 what you're putting putting out in the world. Another quote I love from your website. How many times do you say yes when you really mean hell no? Love it. <laughs> Lizzie can show uh, show you, show me, show all of us how, how to unlock our magic. And she has journal prompts for people pleasers that you can download. And uh, she is just such a bright light. And we have talked a little bit about how you lived off the grid for a while in Australia. And tell us about how that was a transformative experience for you to completely remove yourself from modern society and go deep within. Oh, so my period living off grid, um, it was four years. Mm-hmm. Um, we still own our home that's off grid in Australia. And it's set in a beautiful subtropical rainforest. Um, no mobile phone reception. Our water wow. came out of a mountain. We lived purely from the sun hitting our solar panels. That's where our power came from. We had a wood fireplace, a fireplace for winter when it got cold. Um, the mail do- doesn't get delivered there because it's too far away. Wow. <laughs> so that's the picture of kind of like life, like what the house was. But being in that space, you know, 
I guess I've always seeked it. Like I'm a country girl anyway. My husband actually grew up in the house next door. So oh my goodness, he love that. The walk of the land um, where we moved. But for me, I had two little kids at the time, especially when we first moved there. Like, you know, I had a landline. If you wanted to call me, you had to call our landline. <laughs> Not many people have home phones anymore. I was one of them. And right. I, and I loved that because you couldn't call my mobile. So over those four years, I actually stopped receiving phone calls on my phone because it always lived in airplane mode because if you leave it on to find a signal, it dies really fast, right? right? So I had the opportunity in that house to be able to like really dive deep into who I was because if I walked three steps away from my house, I was in the forest. Mm. You know, I was engulfed by nature and you know, I would sit out in the sun and just like bask in nature and just be like, okay, you know, what am I doing? What am I here to be? You know, like, it's a really, it was really grounding. Like, and I needed those three, four years to actually reset, you know, like our move here to Scotland has opened me up to be creative, but I needed that those four years to really come back in, you know, all my self healing was done in that house. Right. Um, away from people, you know, like it was my womb almost. Right? Yes. I love that. How did your children <laughs> like it living so close to nature, which I find so healing? Yes. Um, my, you know, I describe my children as wild and wild. And <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> love it. You know, we all walked around the house naked, you know, from the ah! bathroom. It was, it was normal. Like, yeah. Go outside in the mud, in the grass, you know, planting our veggie garden. You know, we had mm-hmm. all had a front creek that we'd go swimming in in summer. You know, we'd go chop wood. The road was broken. We'd all go fix the road together. We had oh. neighborhood kids that, you know, we'd mingle with and get all grubby with. So for me, like I miss that, you know, like that little community that we had um, mm-hmm. around us there because mm-hmm. obviously my parents-in-law were next door and we had a few other families. But it set them up for like who, like coming here now to Scotland and like their adventurous spirit because yes. let's go bush, you know, right. we'd, get, we'd all get a stick each and just like fight our way through <laughs> like and just discover stuff. You know, we lived on 260 acres. Like, wow. What a gift to your children. What a yeah. gift as well as to you. But I believe very strongly that cultivating that childlike wonder is something that is so healing and that we lose often in Western society when that is what really brings us joy to our core. Oh, that's terrific. How did they adjust to living in Scotland? (laughs) Well, their curiosity hasn't stopped, thank goodness. I think that also stems from my from my husband and myself yes those curious people um adjusting here has has taken some time because we actually live in a flat Mm -hmm. so we don't own any of the land around us Mm. it's very new for us we've been here now almost eight months but we live in the Scottish Highlands Mm. there is over 729 walks within an hour drive from our house in Australia there was three national parks with a total of nine walks Ah. So every weekend, you know, we're getting out, rain, snow, <laughs> love it. sideways wind, you know, like we're out in nature exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you know, there has been, you know, uh, a shift of like, you know, themselves, but they've actually managed really, really well. And, you know, coming from a smaller community to a, a little bit bigger place. Yes. Yeah. They've, I'm lucky they've embraced it. Wow. I love it. Do they still have Australian accents? Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, kids can be cruel because kids point out differences. So have yeah. they been bullied or made fun of because of their accents? We're really fortunately, apparently everyone has a really great shine to Australians here. Oh, good. Um, but I have seen some other kids from different parts of the world, mm. you know, have that discrimination. Yeah. Um, which has been interesting to watch because, you know, we've just come in and we're like, yeah, we're Australian. Everyone's like, oh, and yeah. And other people have had, yeah, a, a difference. So we've been really fortunate. I actually had someone yesterday, one of the, one of the other moms saying, my son thinks that your daughter has a really great accent. Like, How do I get one? And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, in my travels, the Australians were always the most fun to encounter. Just a, a joie de vivre, just a fun spirit. And that's a gross generalization. I, I know that. But I have had really so much fun with Australian travelers I've met on the road. Yeah, like most Australian travelers I've ever met are always a load of fun. Yeah. Um, I think it's just that playful side of us. <laughs> mm, I love it. So going back to your work, which is why we're here, I love that you say the truth is you get to have happiness whenever you want. You just have to decide when you're ready to fight for it. That's beautiful. And so many people lose sight of the truth that happiness comes from within. It doesn't come from things you buy, from anything. You have to be good within. And how do you help your clients to come to that realization? It's a process, that's mm. definitely for sure. Because as you said, it's about self. Mm -hmm. It's about, I often would probably say people actually have to relearn who they are. Yes. Like it's taking the layers off, like these patterns, you know, and behaviors that we have aren't necessarily our own. You know, we learn, we're constantly learning as humans and we're constantly mm -hmm. adapting for others. Like that's people pleasing. We're adapting to like suit them. So when we strip those things away, we can finally go, okay, you know, one of the big, one of the hardest questions actually that I ask all my clients is like, mm -hmm what do you like? Yes. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, I know what I like. I know what I love, mm -hmm. you know, and I make sure that I do those things. So, you know, what is it that you like and what is it that you love? More like I'm going to say nine times out of 10, they can't answer that question. Yes. When they first start working with me and it takes taking those layers off back mm -hmm. to themselves of like, oh, that's right. I really enjoy X, Y, and Z. Yes. Awesome. Well, go try it and see if you still like it. Mm. And it's about that experimentation because we have to go back. <laughs> and I'm talking like childhood love yes. and discover who we are because often, you know, our childhood is where our little secrets are. Yes. Wow, Lizzie, that's powerful. 
It's so true. Wow. I, when I entered therapy, uh, my therapist also asked me what brings you joy. And aside from my children, I couldn't come up with a single thing. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. So thank you for that work and that reminder. And you point out that uh, your parents often tell you who you are supposed to be, what you're supposed to like. And I wonder, what do your parents think of your work today? (laughs) Well, I've been working online since I was 23. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) My parents find it very confusing as to what exactly I do. Um. <laughs> so does my mother yes she she does not get anything that I'm doing right now what do you do online exactly yeah um yeah <laughs> my but goodness. that's the thing like it, you know I know how much they love and encourage me to do what I'm like doing as long as I'm you know I'm happy mm-hmm. you know like that's their greatest wish for me you know a hundred percent so for them understanding exactly what I do, like they understand a bit, but, you know, I don't know. I think as a child um, and, you know, I think a lot of people go through this, like we can't, you know, always necessarily teach our parents what we know. Yes. You know, like just, you know, because I know what I know doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're going to get it. And you know, the greatest lesson that we can all have is acceptance of each other. And exactly. that doesn't matter if it's a friend, your partner, or your parents. It's like, well, this is your, that's your life path and this mm-hmm. is my life path. That's, that's hard though, isn't it? Sometimes when you see someone hurting themselves and not being willing to expand their perspectives, it, it's hard. And I've learned restraint of pen and tongue, but it's hard. It is. Yeah, and I'm sure that you could improve the lives of your parents, of a lot of people that you know, but (laughs) right, it's a choice. How do you keep yourself from meddling in other people's lives when they don't ask you to? Uh, Like you do, you know, you do have to hold back, Mm -hmm. you know, you can offer wisdom and little nuggets, but it's mm-hmm. up to them to take action on it. Yes. You know, like providing, not everyone wants to hear, you know, necessarily what you have to say, like a guidance, you know, like I'm going to use this example of um, as a, when you first become a mom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many people are like, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And you should oh, do yes. this, you yes. know, right? Like, <laughs> this way you know you've got to put it like that you've got to make sure the milk's like blah 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 you're not Mm -hmm. feeding the baby right that experience just highlights what we can sound like to them yeah oh good example yes so you know once we start like it's like we're almost nagging someone you know Mm -hmm. and that's not okay like yes we can suggest but we need to also offer a suggestion is it okay that I suggest you know Here's a suggestion. Here's my thoughts, as opposed to rushing in and saving the day. And saving the day is from being a people pleaser. So yes, sometimes it's we need to observe. We need to let let go of control mm. in order for them. Like that's the thing. We're not responsible for anyone but ourselves. Oh, this sage young woman. I just can't believe how much wisdom you have in, in your young years. <laughs> 
And I would also encourage listeners to take a look at her ebook called 30 Days to Freedom, The People Pleaser's Guide to Freedom. It is a 30-day journey to get you unstuck and back to your true self. It is an amazing resource that will disrupt your need to please and rediscover your magic. You can buy it online at lizzymolt.com. Right now it is on sale, half price at five, five pounds. I don't know what that is in US dollars, but- it's about seven. Okay, all right. $7 to start living your life on your own terms. And this woman has so much wisdom uh, and can help you master your mindset so you can live a life of purpose and with ease. And you have totally reminded me of life lessons that I know intellectually now, but I forget (laughs) along the way uh, of the way that I want to live my life. And when life throws me a big curveball. I need people like you and the material material you put in the world to remind me that I'm only responsible for myself and my responses to life stimulus. Mm. That I can, uh, instead of react, I can respond with thought and love. And you are one of the light bearers of uh, this message. And I'm so grateful for that. So, Uh, We have covered a fair amount of ground here. Are are there any other things that you wanted to tell the listeners that I did not ask about? No, I think our last question, like, is my number one thing is like, you know, focus on yourself. Okay, let me ask the question that I ask to every single guest, and the answers are always different. What do you do, Lizzie, to become your best version? I'm going to keep it quick. First of all, journaling, 100%. Everyone needs a journal, make it count, make your words matter. Um, When we write something, we can actually see our thoughts Mm -hmm. and our emotions. And that's where the lessons are, you know, that process, journal. Second of all, for me, is it's movement. You know, I put myself out into the world, nature, impromptu dance parties, travel, like moving. Like when we're not moving, we're stuck in our heads. Yes. So movement to me is freedom. Oh, I love that. I love that message. If you want to learn more about her tremendous work, go to Lizzie Molt, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, M-O-U-L-T.com. You can follow her on Instagram at Lizzie underscore Molt and on Facebook at Lizzie G Molt, M-O-U-L-T. I thank you, Lizzie, for sharing with our listeners your tremendous light. You are an incredible person and I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed and I hope they will cross again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Maria. All right. Take care and join us next week for another story by another inspiring woman who can help you shed some light on your own personal path.